I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors. Brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. All right, here we go with another morning of KSL Outdoors Radio. Good morning. It's a pleasure to have you with us on this brand new day. Broadcasting, of course, recording on a Thursday mid-morning. Tim Hughes in the studios of Broadcast House in downtown Salt Lake City. Russ Smith is up at the Skycall Compound in Sugar House today. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to be here this morning. Before we uh, jumped in to record today, it sounded sounded like it's been a good week for business. Oh, man. Everything's out. I have. You know, I, I, I got the note about getting a phone for uh, Bob and Mark. Yeah. I don't have anything, but I pieced one together. Oh, did you? A fi- it finally forced me into Frankensteining a phone. So I took one with a bad keyboard and one that had a good brain and put a new keyboard, slipped the new keyboard in. Did you it's get it? Did you get it in now. their hands? Because um... not in time. Okay. No, not in time. All right. Uh, I'll have it for him for next week. Yeah, uh, Bob and Mark are out and about somewhere where they weren't sure they were going to have service. But they did set us up with uh, Brandy Pearson, who I think heads up the tourism office for Daggett County. So uh, we'll look forward to talking with uh, Brandy coming up in our usual road trip and segment. But other than business, uh, what's your week been like? Pretty boring? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's been all business. I mean, I was up at... I was up at about two this morning down working on stuff so I could take time to do the show. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's funny when I'm on my, go. I'm in my way into work <laughs> yeah. at three uh, forty-five in the morning and I get a text from you and I know you, you're either working or you haven't been able uh, to sleep for other reasons, but anyway, it's usually both. You yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. We got a lot on the uh, docket today. I, I do want to bring yeah. Navadomskis in. I think the official um, period of mourning following a university of Utah loss has passed. <laughs> So he's come out from under the cloud here. You doing all right? Well, I don't think it's it, the morning's over at this house, you know. Well, it'll be a few more days, maybe weeks or months, but it isn't over yet, and I'm doing all right. I put on three pounds, but I blame that on Waffle House. <laughs> you did make trips to Waffle House. You also went to Steve Love Spurrier's. You went to Steve Spurrier's restaurant, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. You went, you know, went in Rome. That's why my, even, you know, we had the, of course, we stay at the Marriott, we get the free breakfast, and my boys woke up, Dad, you know, you told us about, I go, yeah, we're going to Waffle House, never mind breakfast. <laughs> we went there every day. It, it, might, was, it, it was awesome. It, I love Waffle It could have been the Dave and Buster's pregame that did it, too. Well, I didn't eat much there. I was too nervous. I, I don't eat much before games. I eat a little bit. Yeah. Mostly watch the big screen, try to keep hydrated, keep putting fluids in me. Yeah. Uh, boy, as we speak, uh, as people are listening to this, BYU's got a big game today. They're taking on number nine Baylor. And, of course, for all the reasons, uh, the, the the Big 12, the movement into the Big 12 next year for BYU, they're also ranked at number 21. This is a big one for them. But uh, getting a chance to get a swamp experience back in Florida, that was something. Yeah, something is what is a good way to say it. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it was a whole lot. And, yeah, I, I was very excited, and it lived up to all the hype for sure. Let's just say that. Uh, there was obviously great things and terrible things and everything in between. It was it was a weekend for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, you got a fish bites for us today? Yeah, it was difficult because let me tell you, fishing is bad. It's been a bad week for fishing. I'm not hoping not breaking anybody's hearts with this, but this is horrific. Yeah, these but yeah, temperatures. I, I've um, I got a fish bites based on what happened. We've uh, finally broken the heat dome, as uh, the meteorologists have been calling it, with those triple digits that were eight days deep. And so we're out of that, and it actually looks like mid-80s, maybe even lower 80s Monday, Tuesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, with some precipitation coming our way. So that's uh, welcome news. But you're right. These uh, temperatures, I'm sure, have been affecting uh, the fishing and a whole lot of other things in our lives these days. Russ, we've got a uh, sat phone. We were talking about not having one in time for Bob and Mark, but Charlie Jennings took one with him. He's got it, and I've been in touch with him. I heard from him earlier in the week. I just... I just hope he pulls it out and reads his messages, you know. Um, he had trouble with his tracker. We'll talk to him about that. When I get yeah. Navi, yeah. I don't know if I sent Navi that picture of the golden trout that he shared with us from the yeah. winds. Did he, you get that, he, Navi? Yeah, you showed me while we were in Florida, while a, we were eating dinner. That was a beauty. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, goldens are, you know, Ancorhynchus uh, Agua Bonita, which means beautiful waters because they're lovely, lovely fish. You would have been proud of him last week. You weren't a part of the conversation, but you would have been proud of him because uh, just in true fisherman form, he refused to tell us uh, exactly where he was going to go looking for yeah. the golden. So I was proud of him. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm that guy who tells. That's why my boys don't tell me where they go anymore <laughs> because I don't think uh, fish should be secret. I think uh, – uh, you should know where to go and how to hold your mouth. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so we'll look forward to talking with the old mule skinner in the next half hour. Charlie, yeah. Charlie Jennings uh, will be with us. Navi's got your fish bites coming up. We'll have some news of the week before all of that. Uh, interesting topic today with Faith Jolly. And, and Navi, maybe you know more about this than I do. I, how big of a problem is it? This uh, bucket biology that goes on, dumping pet fish, it's, it's a big enough problem, I guess, because we had a recent incident that the division wants to talk about it. Well, it's consistent in the state of Utah. I don't know why we have uh, citizens, average citizens, who think they know more than anybody else. They play God here, and they put the kind of fish they want, regardless of the ecosystem, and they're incredibly naive, and it's really stupid and highly against the law. But they do it a lot. I mean, people just throw the fish they want into all fisheries. Wasn't it, uh, Rush, you can remind me, but I think the last one was not that long ago. We were talking about somebody's goldfish that actually got uh, put into a body of water somewhere. Do you remember? You know, that's happened a couple of times lately. I I don't remember specifically what it was, but it seems like, of course, you know goldfish. They're not goldfish anymore when you put them in a large body of water. They're whatever you call them. They're big, you know. Yeah. Koi, carp. Yeah. Yeah, koi. They, they really do uh, so, grow to a uh, much bigger size, obviously, than they get in the little um, fishbowl you yeah. have at home. You also have sent phones out, and I'm looking forward to this. Both of you can relate yeah. to this story because you, both of you are so much <laughs> older than I am. And uh, <laughs> getting ready to uh, saddle up in a motorhome in the near future and uh, <laughs> hit the open road. You made contact with somebody that actually took a, a sat phone along on an adventure. Where are they headed? Well, uh, it's kind of sketchy where they're headed because they, they, it's hard to define, but they, they had friends to see in Washington on the way up to British Columbia, 
And now they're in, I want to say Smithy. Uh, no. Anyway, they're in British Columbia now golfing. And so we're going to try to find time to squeeze them in here. Uh, but they're headed all the way north. Uh, I believe they're going to go as far as Alaska. And then they're going to come back down through northern territories. And, and, and I know the roads in my brain, but I don't know the name of them. But, uh, and then they're going to cut kind of easterly across the United States and then come back across. Yeah. Uh, they're, taking, they're taking about six weeks, I think, to do this. That's great. That's a lot of driving. That's 10,000 miles when they're done. Yeah, Mike and Jennifer Cottle, we'll find out more yeah. if we can get them off the golf course, which Navadomskis can appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we caught them on the ninth green or something. Uh, but uh, we'll try and <laughs> squeeze in a conversation with them. And then, of course, Roger Eggett from Bear River Lodge will also uh, be joining us. So we'll look forward to that. Um, I have to ask you, we're going to have some news of the week coming up in a minute, Russ, but I sent you a little note yesterday about uh, some yeah. from Apple, uh, Apple had their annual gathering where they announced some of their new devices, and they were pretty excited about the fact that their new phones, I think it's the 14, not only are going to have better battery uh, uh, strength or right. length, but also going to have a different camera and, you know, all the things you usually expect. It also is going to oh. have some SAT uh, connections, some satellite connections. If right. you find yourself without cell service, it's interesting to me. But it sounds like it's fairly limited. That's my understanding too. And they've got actually, I've read that they've got them in Subarus now. The new Subarus coming out have Starlink in them, and but it's only limited to just uh, just possibly text messaging as far as communications and. They, they say that maybe there'll be some music downloads down the line. Hmm. So there's not a lot out on it. Um, I'm sure that he had that built into the satellites, but it hasn't been developed yet. Yeah. Um, they're calling it some kind of... That'll be good. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're calling it some kind of SOS technology where if you find yourself with yeah. no cell service but in a tough spot and you have access to uh, the sky, the open sky, you can actually uh, just send a little ping and an SOS that you need right. some help. We'll wait and see what it is. I just wondered if it was going to have an impact on your business at all, but uh, they'll still be All up. that stuff scares me. Yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a break. we got to come back, and when we do, we'll have some news of the week for you here. Stay with us. Nice to have you this morning for another edition of KSL Outdoors Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to KSL Outdoors Radio. Pleasure to have you back with us here. Time for a little news of the week. Tim, Russ, uh, Navi, all standing by. I just have to tell you this, uh, Navi, and I think I told you 
when I was when we were back in uh, Florida. But uh, Becky and I had the chance to go out to Hell Center Theater the other night, and Sally Dietline, uh, her family, of course, are the uh, co-founders of Hell Center Theater, and she was sitting right in front of us because it was opening night for that uh, particular uh, cast for the unsinkable Molly Brown, and she came over to talk to me for a few minutes, and she said, you know the other show, because she listens in the mornings to Utah's Morning News, she said, the other show that I cannot miss is your outdoor show on Saturday morning. She said, I just love it. She she said, "Uh, it it is one of those moments where I just take a deep breath and realize that everything really is okay. Uh, And so shout out to Sally Dietline out there. But she goes, what's that guy's name? It starts with an N. I said, you got to be talking about Navi. She goes, yes. She says, he is so entertaining. (laughs) Anyway. a shout out to uh, Sally Dietline out there. She at, needs uh, to Hell come Center. and sit by the fire where us three fat <laughs> old guys have to t- comment about the world for a couple hours. Yes. She'll love it. <laughs> she, she does. Uh, and I've had the pleasure of taking both of you guys to uh, Hell Center, so you both uh, have had the experience. Yeah. What a beautiful spot that is. And uh, if, you, place, if yeah. you get a chance to go see the unsinkable Molly Brown, make sure you do it. Before we uh, mention anything else, and this might actually consume all of our time, but we'll see. Navi, you weren't with us last week, but uh, the day we got together was the day that UDOT announced that uh, they were going to lean toward a plan B for uh, a gondola up Little Cottonwood Canyon. And you didn't get a chance to weigh in on it, but it would uh, have parking if it works out for 2,500 people at the base. Each of these cabins would carry, I think they said, Russ, wasn't it 35 people? Um, 35, yeah. 35 people and would arrive every two minutes to go up the canyon. Uh, your initial response or feeling about that? 100%. The only option, I don't even know why we're thinking of anything else, is gondola. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, it's not like we're trying something new. If just go to Europe. They, I mean, it's amazing how they do it, and they don't destroy it. I think Grendelwald's the prettiest place I've ever been in my whole life. Yeah. And there's only one road, and all the rest is gondola. Yeah. Uh, and the the uh, reference, and we had uh, some comments from Dave Fields from Snowbird, the, the reference was made to Europe and how these things actually become sort of uh, tourism targets for people just to go ride the gondola up the canyon. And I, I think about when we make the drive, it's usually stressful. And, and on a snow day, you're sitting at the base there on Wasatch Boulevard moving nowhere, and then you're concerned about some sketchy road conditions. Wouldn't it be nice just to be able to park get on the gondola, and take in the view on the way up. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's the greatest. I mean, look, the worst thing about going up that canyon, and Lord knows I do it, and yes, I have a Subaru, but there are knuckleheads that don't. Some guy's trying to go up with two-wheel drive because he's all macho, and then he can't go anywhere, and now we're all stuck because of that one knucklehead. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, gondola's the way to do it 100%. So, uh, anyway, we're going to hear more a lot about that. There's a 45-day public comment period that is open or opening soon, and then they hope to make a decision of be able to move forward with looking for contracts and uh, those that, you know, would be doing the building portion of this sometime uh, before the first of the year. So they want to move pretty quickly with it. But um, the only, yeah, Russ. Oh, I was going to say, all I can say is I can't even imagine a better option than the gondola. Not, well, not in the long what term. Mess. What a mess yeah. building a new road up there. What a mess. Well, you know, the, and, other and, op- the other option was a, a bus service to go up and down, but I, I don't see that that solves much of the problem when it comes to uh, sketchy roads and, um, uh, you, you know, having to have continued wheels, even if they're 
hybrids or something, or if they're electric buses, it just doesn't seem like you could move right. people as quickly up and down. No way. I mean, what, you have a choice, a bus or your Subaru, which, you, which you're riding in, which one's going to make it. By the way, exactly. at the gondola base, that becomes the most prime real estate ever. Yeah. So wherever that base is, you're going to have hotels and shopping and dinner. It's just win-win. Which, by the way, is the one negative that those that have homes right, in that right. area, they're most worried about. But uh, it's something that will uh, shake out over time. I, I do want to get this out there. We uh, received word earlier this week, I think it was the second day of September, that uh, avian flu has been confirmed in wild birds in three additional counties now in Utah. Davis County, uh, two dead Canadian geese found in West Point on August 16th. An owl in Syracuse on August 17th. Uh, teal duck found in Woods Cross, a couple of grebes also in Woods Cross. San Pete County also had a Canadian goose found in Mount Pleasant on the 17th of August. And Millard County on August 22nd, a Canadian goose found near Delta. All of these happening, interestingly enough, in the, the same week between the 16th and the 23rd of August. So, um, anyway, the, the uh, word from the Division of Wildlife is if you're planning to hunt waterfowl or upland game birds this fall... They passed along some tips to keep yourself and your hunting dog safe. Do not harvest, handle, or eat any animal that appears sick, first of all. Field dress game animals in a well-ventilated area or outdoors. Avoid direct contact with the intestines when you're doing the cleaning. Rubber gloves, uh, disposable latex gloves are uh, recommended. Keep your game birds cool, clean, and dry. Don't eat, drink, or smoke while cleaning game or handling animals. I would think that would be the case anytime. And that all game meat should be thoroughly cooked before eating. Well done at 165 degrees. And they want you to know that dogs are susceptible, uh, but don't show any clinical signs often. Uh, Though the risk of infection is low, you can visit the Division of Wildlife Resources for more information, which is just wildlife.utah.gov. All right, we've got to take a break. We'll get news on the half hour. On the other side, Charlie Jennings joins us from the Wind Rivers. We'll see if we can twist his arm to tell us where he's fighting those golden trout. And then speaking of trout, we'll uh, get some fish bites for you today. Navadomska stands by with that. Stay with us. More coming up on KSL Outdoors Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 